I thought you were going to say why your penis is out. No, we moved on from the penis. What is wrong with you? But I don't want to move from the penis. <laughs> Welcome aboard the flight attendant podcast. The seatbelt sign is on. It's going to be a rough ride. Attendant podcast. I'm Uncle Josie. And I'm B. Welcome back. Um, what have you been doing? I went shopping today. You went shopping today? Yeah. I got my braces taken care of today. How much longer do you have? Uh, well, with COVID, everything went back probably like about two or three months, mm-hmm. you know, delay. Um, we're here for the summer, so I won't be showcasing ooh, ooh. my summer body, but I'll be showcasing my summer teeth. <laughs> that's i have to go to work tomorrow so that's fine i do not we just finished a four-day trip where we had a red eye yeah yes 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 all right i those are not fun well actually it wasn't too bad but at the end i, I was feeling it especially when i got home i was like i was done me too if i, I didn't have done. to if i didn't have to do laundry last night i would have just like passed out so yeah so laundry's finished and ready to go again. Where are you going tomorrow? Myrtle Beach. Ooh, Myrtle Beach. I know. Hopefully it's warmer, actually. 77 degrees, I checked. <laughs> I need to know if I'm going to bring stuff with me. I never unpack my swimming trunks because... I did once and I regretted it. That And that's what I don't want to, like, happen to me. Like, taking them out mm-hmm. and then be like, oh, man... Speaking of taking them out, uh-huh. <laughs> do you want to hear my news today? Yes. You sure? I am sure. <laughs> so, a senior Qantas flight attendant goes on trial accused of exposing himself to a colleague on a flight. So, new details submerged of an alleged in-flight sexual assault carried out by a senior and long-serving Qantas flight attendant on one of his colleagues during a domestic flight between Perth and Melbourne. John Vatovic, I think it's Vatovic, Vatovic yeah. uh, 54 of Wollongong. Hold on. Wall- so, <laughs> he took it off and he's from where? Wollong- Wollongong, I'm so sorry, <laughs> in New South Wales. Uh, was the team leader in the economy cabin of the Qantas-operated Airbus A380 when he is alleged to have exposed his genitals and grabbed the breast of a female co-worker who was 33 years his senior. Jim was not expecting that news. (laughs) (laughs) So, giving evidence via video link at Perth Magistrate's court on Wednesday, the woman said that she had taken her assigned break at the same time as Vatovic. I'm just going to call him John. John. Yeah, we're just going with John. The pair sat in economy seats at the back of the cabin, which had a curtain around them to provide privacy away from passengers. The unnamed victim told the court that John started to say rude things about the flight attendants he had worked with, including comments about the size of their breasts and how he used to pash some of them during break times. And this is an Australian and New Zealand term for French kissing. I was going to say. Yeah. John is then accused of unzipping his trousers and exposing his genitals to the 21-year-old flight attendant. He then allegedly briefly grabbed her breast. She said, I felt really hot and flustered. I think that was noticeable because he put it away. I was in a state of shock. I recall pushing his hand away. I was frozen. The woman recalled John asking her if she was okay. I said I was okay. I don't know why I said that I was because I was not okay. She continued in the testimony. John then asked whether she would tell anyone what just happened. She replied no before fleeing to another part of the plane where she stood and cried a bit before managing to get my mobile phone signal and messaging her boyfriend. 
The victim told another flight attendant what had happened, but before she could tell the purser, it was time to land and she had to take her jump seat. After arriving in Melbourne, she grabbed the, her bags and got off the plane as quickly as possible before reporting the incident to her manager. John was charged with committing an act of indecency following an investigation by the Australian Federal Police into the April 2019 incident. So the trial was consequently delayed because of COVID. And then a spokesperson for Qantas said that the airline immediately conducted a workplace investigation after the allegation was reported and John's employment was terminated. And so Qantas said that they have a zero tolerance for any form of harassment Everyone has the right to feel safe and respected when they come to work. And then if he is found guilty, John faces a maximum sentence of seven years imprisonment. So is this just becoming a trend, like taking it out? I guess. I mean, from like last week for the passenger. Well, this was two years ago, though. It was uh-huh. it was just postponed because of COVID. Wow. Would you ever expose yourself? No. Well, <laughs> depends on the situation. <laughs> but no, no, not on... Uh, I cannot just do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my. I I cannot even think of the fact of me just like going to work. Yeah, I'm gonna fling it out, let it all loose we'll today. Fling it out. <laughs> That's what I picture, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. Has anyone ever exposed themselves to you? And the job yeah at any job period no i've been you know i was on a i was on the red line once going to a friend's house and a guy exposed himself to me (laughs) i was very like you were on the red line that's the problem (laughs) i wasn't like i wasn't like scared as much as i was like shocked so then I just like got off the train. It was my next stop anyway. But now, considering that he's like the red line and, and the history of the red line, do you think it was because the person was not, um, you know, right here in the brain? Because this one seems to be like he was trying to get with her. Well, it's I mean he's he'd done it. I mean, he it says here that he'd French kiss her somebody's breast. What? Yeah. I don't know how you could do that. French kiss the breast. Remember, it said. <laughs> oh no! Wait, no, no! It said that including comments about the size of their breasts and how he used to patch some of them during break time. So he like he had obviously done this in the past to the point of like kissing people, kissing some of them. So some of them, not specifically her. Right. So this wasn't like a new thing for it wasn't just because of so it's a, her. not it's, saying that she wasn't the victim but you know just saying like this was this was an ongoing thing for, thing him. for him so i'm glad they, that he got fired yeah i mean that behavior should not happen while at work i mean, I mean we mean, have some questionable ones like that here too and i just i don't understand why they're still even employed sometimes because you know if it gets to the point of i mean just even a right. comment i mean i have heard the stories and like it, it's it happens, it seems to be happening everywhere, no matter what kind of job you are in. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a very... Board, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like the new thing that you just unzip it and I, let it go out. That's new at all. I think that's been happening <laughs> for years and years and years. And even now it continues today. Uh, there was that big thing in the news just a couple of years ago about the whole corporate structure at Uber and how the female employees were being treated much, much worse than the male employees were. It's a shame, but it, 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 it continues to happen. Right. And I think it's because now we have all these social media, like women are becoming more vocal. Yeah. But that's why I'm like, it's just like the happening so much now that it's just a new thing. So right, right. I, it's unbelievable for me Um, i think the problem while women being more vocal will help i think the problem lies more in the fact that there's not more men being vocal and chiming in in the conversation and agreeing and saying this is wrong there should be equality in the workplace oh absolutely and i feel like i was raised that way come to the cause the closer we're going to get to that being changed and, and yeah, I would, not just the people who are the victims of it, but everybody needs to step up and say this is wrong. 
Right. Yeah, I agree. And I, I was raised that way where like we have to respect everybody. And it to me is it doesn't make sense because I think like that way, I feel like everybody else does, but obviously they don't. I don't know. Right. Anyway. Anyways. Don't expose yourself at work. And if you must for some reason, at least get consent. <laughs> and wait until you're in private. <laughs> Nobody want to see flinging around. Episode also don't pee on the seats. Yes, don't pee on the seats, please. Although we did have a, a two-year-old the other day who couldn't hold it apparently, and the mom had to change the clothes. Well, unfortunately, that situation she we were we were literally had, taking off. <laughs> we were literally taking off, and from that point, we had uh, really bad turbulence nonstop for like thirty minutes. So yeah. It's just one of those situations where you have to... Yeah. Anywho, what's your news today? So I was looking around and uh, I found out that the numbers of the U.S. air passenger screen topped about 1.5 million on Sunday for the first time since March 2020. Oh, wow. As air travel continues to rebound from a pandemic-related drop, the U.S. Transportation Security Administration, or also known as TSA, said on Monday, COVID-19 devastated air travel demand with U.S. airline passengers down to 60, down 60% in 2020. But with a growing number of Americans getting vaccinated, demand and advances bookings have started to rise in recent weeks. TSA said it screened 1.54 million people Sunday, the highest single day since March 13, 2020, and the 11th consecutive day screening volume exceeded 1 million per day. Wow. I had definitely felt that increased. Have you? Um, you know, our flights have kind of been full-ish for the most part yeah. lately. So. But, and, but I've seen the airports. I've, yeah, I've seen more, yeah. yeah like I mean, we couldn't, find, we couldn't find parking. We couldn't find parking. When we tried to go. And trying to go through that uh, terminal, mm-hmm. it's becoming like challenging again. Right, right, right. Uh, something you guys may not have noticed that I happen to notice today is that the prices have gone back to normal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we noticed. Only because um, people have started complaining more that the tickets have gotten like more expensive. Did anybody tell you that, pe- that tickets were more expensive? No, but I... I think they're still kind of cheap. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, for instance, about eight months ago, I remember looking at how much it would cost to take a flight from Los Angeles to Dallas. Mm. And class, it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And now a flight from San Francisco out here is uh, for first class is like $650. Yeah. And that's just the one way. I was looking into uh, see if a friend of mine can come from Puerto Rico, um, and they still they still a good price, but yeah, they're definitely on the hundreds and up. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of like cheap tickets, everything that is going on in Puerto Rico with the tourists is a little hilarious at the same time. With the tourists, yeah. Have you on? seen that? No. Oh God! So because of airplane air flights being Air tickets have been so cheap. cheap. A lot of people that are not used to travel, I'm going to say, <laughs> and not behave very well. Puerto Rico have been suffering a lot, like infrastructure. They have been destroying the Airbnbs, hotels, restaurants. Um, they rent cars. They put music blasting, and they stop in the middle of the road and start twerking in the middle of the road. What? It's been a disaster. So now the government have put a curfew um, on, on tourists. tourists. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. I mean, I'm sorry. Why, like, why would you go to a place that's not yours and then destroy its property? Oh my God. It, I've seen the pictures and it's just. I have not seen any of this. Oh my God. Clearly, I've not been on social media. I have an answer to that question. What? Spring break. Spring, I know, yeah, it's spring break is coming. Yeah. Or here already, as we noticed. Although I do have to say that little kid from the flight the other day was very, very well mannered. My God. 
That was like an adult. I know that was an I'm adult. Still not over. I was still talking about it today. I earlier. know. Do you like your job? <laughs> what kid asks you that? Tell me. I was very shocked. Very, very surprised. So I do kid. have one more piece of news. Um, and it's pertaining to losing a flight attendant to COVID. Um, she was from Phoenix. She's 79. And then um, she was based in Phoenix. And there's an American Airlines flight attendant, Phyllis Adair. She lost her life to COVID-19 and her son, George, and daughter-in-law, Catherine, are still making sense of their loss and navigating how her absence has upended their lives. It's the fact that she's not around anymore, George Adair said. Uh, Phyllis is one of 500,000 Americans who have died from COVID-19 since it appeared in the United States in January 2020. And then just days after Phyllis died, her story was mentioned in a congressional subcommittee hearing as an example of the challenges facing flight attendants and the airline employees as Congress considers passing another extension of the payment protection plan. Her family, after reading coverage of the hearing, wanted to share why their 79-year-old mother was working during the pandemic. She flew 150 hours a month because she needed the money in order to be able to pay her house and have assistance for the care of her husband, Catherine Adair told the Arizona Republic. She also loved her job. In 1997, the year George graduated from high school, Phyllis landed a job at America West Airlines. In the reservations department, a couple of years later, she became a flight attendant. Over the years, the uniforms changed. America West became U.S. Airways, which then became American Airlines. Though through all the merges, Phyllis kept working. George set a bad business decision by his father. Frances left the couple without retirement savings, so she continued to work to support the household. Plus, she loved to travel. Don't we all? She loved her job. She loved being a flight attendant. When the coronavirus pandemic hit, Catherine said her mother-in-law was very cautious because Frances had dementia and her granddaughter also has medical issues. Either of, either of them getting this could kill them as well, Catherine said. But without enough save to retire, Phyllis had to keep working to support herself and her husband. They have no savings or no retirement beyond Social Security. The last time George saw his mother well was on Christmas Eve when the family went out for dinner together at a restaurant. So you didn't cook for Christmas? <laughs> Sorry. Christmas morning, Phyllis left on a flight to work. Okay, so she had to work. I get this. I get this. We all get this. On December 28, George tested positive for COVID-19 and the family went into self-quarantine. So when she came home, I went to say... The Monday after Christmas, we didn't get to see her because we were afraid of exposing her to George being sick. Without reliable contact tracing, it's not known how Phyllis contacted the virus. Airlines believe the, their planes to be safe. They were routinely pointing to studies like those demonstrating that the aircraft filtration systems turn over the air every two to three minutes as evidence, but many other aspects of air travel create the potential to be exposed of the novel coronavirus especially for flight attendants who deal with hundreds of passengers a day. Meanwhile, with the wide community spread and little contact tracing in the United States, it's hard to pinpoint where an employee might have been exposed. I think the greatest balance for both American and for the labor unions for any airlines is balancing the wish for the return of travel demand with our safety. Paul Hartson, Jr., Communications Chair of Association of Professional Flight Attendants said. The APFA, is the labor union representing the 24,000 American Airlines flight attendants at 11 crew bases across the United States. Hartshorn said preventative measures the union has advocated for, like requiring masks on board, better airplane cleaning, and passing out hand sanitizer have helped change the trajectory of cases among employees. Over the summer, it was a lot worse. It's trending with the rest of the country right now. Catherine and George hadn't seen Philip since December 24th as he recovered from the virus. During that time, Philip, Phyllis had worked two trips. And then on January 11th, Phyllis called George after she returned home early from a trip to Mexico City. She wasn't feeling well. And George said she told him she had been taken off her flight in Miami with a wheelchair. I took her, to, I took her down to get a test and we found out she had COVID. He went to her house to check on her, on her a couple of days later and noticed that her lips look a little blue. Phyllis refused to go to the hospital. At this point, George is like, 
you are going if I have to pick you up and walk you to the car. Parents should listen to their kids more often sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Just, you know, saying. So she finally conceded and she went to the hospital. After several weeks in the hospital, which included time on a ventilator, Phyllis died on February 2nd. American Airlines is deeply saddened by the passing of Phyllis Adair, a longtime flight attendant who was adored and respected across the airline. Our thoughts and prayers are with Phyllis's family and loved ones during this difficult time, American Airlines said in a statement to the Republic. That is a really sad story. It the is fact right. that she was 79. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a long time. And, and flying. But also that also raises a thing, you know, like, while, yes, the husband had made, like, a bad business decision and they didn't have any savings for retirement, it shows that uh, America isn't, like, what it is what it used to be where you could live off of, like, one paycheck for like a certain amount of time, and then you would have your Correct. social security at the end. I mean, and also you had to think that the airlines retired, retiring standards. I think they have to change also a little bit. A person seventy nine still working, especially on an airline. What do you think about that? I don't think it has so much to do with the age. It has to do with like. You know, if she was physically, and it sounds like she was physically evil up until the point of where she had to be taken off because she wasn't feeling well. I mean, there are some older flight attendants that are more fit than I am. Oh, yeah. So, we know I, who we're talking about. <laughs> so, so it's not like, so it's, it, I don't think age has anything to do with it. Um, I just think, you know, like the retirement should be more on you you being able to not work yourself to death if you don't want to because for, for a lot of people maybe 150 hours is not much or that's probably normal for a person that works in a month but for us flight attendant that's a different kind of 150 hours right right i mean i mean i fly about 90 to 110 each month and that's comfortable for me and you're how like you're young right so 150, that's still a lot. Though. That's a lot. Because by 90 hours a month, I'm starting to feel in it. Yeah. Like between yeah between 90 and 100, I'm like, okay, should I have added those extra 10 hours? <laughs> I question my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, should I just like drop it? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, wow. it's, it's sad whenever, you know, especially, you know, dying or just passing from this virus unnecessarily right. because you had to keep working yeah it's, it's pretty unfortunate mm -hmm. and also my, my question so is everyone that, make sure that you put some stuff into your 401ks yeah start preparing they say start preparing young on the 20s mm -hmm. but i don't know much about that do you know any about that stuff retirement oh, and all that a little bit not too much so did you see that Spirit made headlines again? No, tell me what's going on. So I guess the passenger tried to open up the uh, the emergency exit door. Oh, so there's nobody fly fighting this flight? No. <laughs> they're trying to open doors? Yeah, they're trying to open doors. Oh, we have moved on, huh? Yep. Can you open a door mid-flight? No. And why is that? The cabin is pressurized, so plus we had the locks on the doors. It's not going to be possible to open that door. What locks? The. Oh, why are you putting me on the spot like that? Because they don't, they're not locks. I mean, I mean, they lock, but remember. They're the ones that goes into the, into the, the, the fuselage. Uh-huh. I call them locks. We were, we were told in, in, in training that they're locks. Gust, no, not the gust lock. That's a different thing. <laughs> Well, you're kind of right. There are, I mean, you know, we, when they close the door right. mm -hmm. and then we arm mm -hmm. the slides, completely different thing. Is that what you're talking about? No. So what I was explaining on, on, on training that there was that it's locked. Yeah. Cause we have to make sure right. that it's locked. That it's locked. There is two pieces, I, I guess, prongs. That, I don't know if that's the right word that will come out. And, and attach to the fuselage. So that's why if we go with an unarmed door, 
the door was still not open, but yes, we will have a depressurization issue because it's not, I don't But arm. no, but the, when, you are, when you are arming the door, it means that you're arming the slide packs. Because right. remember, if you unarm it, that means the slide is not going to deploy. Exactly. Right. That's completely different than locking the door. Right. So I'm I, just going through the steps, but that's what my 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 understanding of the door lock to the fuselage was. Not not the arming, but once the gate agents close the, the door, door, right, and it's completely locked, mm -hmm. we do the handle, uh -huh. and the arming is completely different. Yeah. But they aren't the, the yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I thought you okay. were talking about the arming because no, we no. don't lock the doors. Right. We just have to make sure that they're locked. Correct. Okay. We're on the same page? We're on the same page. All right. <laughs> so do you, remember, do you remember like back in 2015, the one lady that opened up the door as they were like taxiing to the gate? No. And then deployed the slide. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're able to, so we're able to open up the doors when we're on the ground, just in case we have to evacuate the aircraft. But once we get past um, 18,000 feet, and then we begin not to, uh, not to intake enough oxygen to the supply in the brain, you'll pass out in about half an hour. But since airliners fly between 30 and 43,000 feet, air needs to be pumped into the airplane to keep the interior, interior pressure at a survivable level. At this altitude, you'll grow delirious within seconds and pass out in less than a minute. Hence, why air masks drop during depressurization events and why you should attend to yourself before a baby. So hold my baby. <laughs> we are in fact in a mild state of hypoxia all the time on a flight. That also that's also why alcohol hits you high like mm -hmm. more when you're in the flight. So that's why also cabins are pressurized at 8,000 feet. So that they're not open. Essentially, as I'm reading this wired article, you cannot open because the aircraft is pressurized and the cabin pressure is higher than the outside air pressure. So the difference can be as much as 55158.1 newtons per square meter or 5500 kilogram applied, applied to one square meter. So basically the door is sealed against the aircraft flame, uh, frame. And then at a lower altitude, the difference in pressure is smaller and it grows with altitude. Interesting knowing the, the, the details of it. Question, Jim? Just a comment, really. <laughs> Essentially what's gonna happen is if that door opens while you're in flight, there's going to be explosive decompression. Yep. yep. Anything anywhere near that door is gonna get sucked out of it. Honestly, people, watch a movie. Yeah, it happens. Don't try to open the door. Bad, yes. bad. We're talking hundred pound Twinkie bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And explosion. This the compression yeah. is the the most dangerous. Are you? Yeah, it is the most um, dangerous. To you, to us, to us, to everyone, to everyone. Yeah, to anything not secured. Yeah, and secured. <laughs> so as this works out, a typical a at typical cruising altitude, at about eight pounds of pressure pushing against every square inch of the interior of fuselage, eleven hundred pounds against each square foot of the door. So it doesn't matter how strong the passenger who wants to who wants out happens to be, they are going to open that door. It's not crazy. That is crazy. I mean, why? I get it. Sometimes. <laughs> people get disoriented and they just don't know what's going on. Like if they're sleeping, I don't know. Like if I, I, I don't, I mean, I woke up one day and I had no idea where I was. Remember I told you? I mean, that has happened to me. And I, and I guess you could fall into like that deep, deep, deep sleep in a short amount of time. And then when you wake up, maybe some people aren't doing it on purpose. They're just like trying to open the door to go, to go outside because they, you know, do you think that it's mostly something like that disorientation takes, they still think they're on a dream, they don't remember they're on a plane or something like that? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it happened to me right after I came back to flying, my first layover, I, I, I woke up and I was like, where am I? What is happening? Who am I? 
Yeah, but that means that you actively have to take the seatbelt off, get off of your seat, walk through the cabin wherever you are, where you're seated, maybe interact with people. Not necessarily. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not saying this is for every case, right? Right. Just like maybe once, because somebody, some people do fall asleep without their seatbelt on, right? True, true. And if they're sitting in the aisle, then they all have to do is like get up and go. And maybe that person, that one random person who doesn't know what's going on is trying to go to the bathroom and they try to open up the the emergency exit door. I don't know. To me, there has to be some more than that. <laughs> more than that. In- I can imagine uh, the fact that you pressurize at 8,000 feet, which means you're going to have a significantly lower oxygen level in the air than what people are used to. Right. Uh, and if they're attempting to sleep and they're not getting as much oxygen as they normally would when they sleep, that's probably particularly disorienting. And I'm sure that has something to do with exactly what you're talking about, especially when you say it happened right after you started again, before you got used to the lower oxygen level and you're more able to tolerate it without having that disorienting effect. Right. Now that has happened to you. Oh yeah. It's happened to me. Um, but this person had explicitly said that they wanted to take their life. So not only they did like they did this on purpose well you know they when we landed they got taken to a mental hospital but you know it happens both ways then what what jim said that the whole oxygen lack Mm -hmm. of oxygen does make sense too yeah wow Mm -hmm. so if somebody should should even should i say this should i say this even I don't know what you're going to try to say. So All right. I'm just going to say it. And then, say we can, it. and then we can edit it out if we don't. Edit it. Edit it. Okay. So for those of the morbid mindset, it's actually for the windows, not the doors, that are usually the plane's weak spot. And unfortunately, it isn't a myth that in the event of a door blowing open, passengers would be sucked towards the opening. Like you were saying, Jim. <laughs> In case of a decompression or doors failure, the passengers will be sucked out because of the difference in pressure pushing the passengers outside. Hence, why it is always recommended to wear seatbelts. So windows should not be confused with exit doors. Exit windows are going to be more likely in the middle of the fuselage. uh, Right. So we're like the emergency exit rows. Those are the emergency exit windows. Those are a way of egress. Oftentimes, if they are windows in the middle of the aircraft, you don't have life rafts. So, so that's with you know the whole Hudson situation. People did an unwarranted exit through the wings. If you're over the wings and it's a window, do not open those over water, please. Go to the ex- actual do- exit doors in the front of the plane or the back of the plane or both, where there's actual life rafts. But there are those airplanes that have actual exit doors mid-cabin. So they won't have windows. They will have actual, actual doors. doors. FYI. I also have a little article from askthepilot.com. He says, I'm just going to do like a little, a little bit. It says, while the news report fails to report these events, it seldom mentions the important fact that you cannot, repeat, cannot open the doors or emergency hatches of an airplane in flight. You can't open them for the simple reason that cabin pressure won't allow it. Think of an aircraft door as a drain plug fixed in a place by the interior pressure. Almost all aircraft exits open inward. Some retract upward into the ceiling, some others swing outward, but they open inward first. And not even the most muscle-bound human will overcome the force holding them shut. So it just confirms what the other article is saying, that you can't open it. There's not possible. Not possible. Not possible. Thank God. Goodness, yes. So do people get charged? Yeah, what are, what are the consequences of trying to do that once they're in that situation? I feel like that should come with an involuntary manslaughter charge. Well, I think it would depend if you were being malicious about it. Like that my, that my passenger that tried to kill herself or themselves. 
I feel like that shouldn't matter if they're being malicious or not. If you're trying to open that door, you're no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, okay. I know, I know. Like, if you're trying to open up the door, obviously you're intending hurt. But there's different kinds because if you just try to, if you're trying to kill yourself without thinking of, you're also going to try to kill everybody else. That's one kind of like intent. And then there's the other one where you try to open the door to kill everyone you know what i'm saying does that make sense what you're saying in terms of intent but it doesn't matter like if you open that door you are endangering the lives of everybody on that plane whether it's your intention or not right but if you're if you're not in your right mind you're not going to think about other people that's what i'm saying that's what i mean well, that's a completely different situation. We're not necessarily talking about intent at that point. We're talking about somebody who, you know, like we talked about before, like Roseanne, who was on Ambien and then started tweeting and got herself in trouble. What happens when you've got somebody on a flight who's on Ambien and starts doing something completely out of character for themselves? And that could be the person that you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now that you mentioned Ambien, I had a roommate, he used to take, I don't know if he's used to um, still using it, but he used to take Ambien and he used to go to the kitchen and wake up with crumbs in his bed. So he was sleepwalking to the kitchen and grabbing cookies. So that could be also uh, another thing. Like because sleepwalking? We know, yeah, sleepwalking, but because of a pill. Right. And we know that these people like to mix up sometimes. They take pills and they go ahead and get one or two drinks. Next thing, they, the they next know, they're minutes, pulling, yeah. they're already pulling their penises out. Right. We go, we go, we go, we go. We go. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay, so I didn't find anything as far as like just a broad general opening the door. But in 2019... A 25-year-old Chinese man is now facing an $11,000 fine after opening the emergency exit door of a plane because he felt stuffy on the flight. So there is some sort of ramifications. I mean, he clearly, this person actually did it. And I think this was one of the ones that was on, they were still on the ground. Yeah, they were still on the ground. I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. So, but I don't know, like what, because it could be considered an act of terrorism if you try to like if you know if you try to breach the flight deck or if you try to reach the other you know i guess it would have to be another investigation and this would be again through the through fbi or state <laughs> my prince has got stuffy here let me open the window <laughs> for you <laughs> i can't <laughs> I started sweating a little bit, so I decided to get some fresh air. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let me just open that. Let me open that window for you. <laughs> Did he at least like throw it behind? I I don't recall anything details like that, mm-hmm. but I do know that I, I have read that uh, article. I mean, it was all over the news. Well, insight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna bring newspaper with me from now on. Going back to the taking the penis out, <laughs> roll it out, go to them and like, no, bad doggy, <laughs> bad, bad doggy. <laughs> Put it back in. Uh-huh. Or grab your sleeve jean information card and excuse me, <laughs> put your mask on. <laughs> like I did last night <laughs> or this morning. I feel like we <laughs> record a disclaimer for the beginning of the episode that says, <laughs> My attended podcast does not condone exposing your private parts while in flight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can do that. You can do that, Jim. You can add it at the beginning. <laughs> okay, so we agree. You can't open. Do you all understand? Do not open. First of all, do not try to open up the doors while in flight, while you're in the air. Or windows. Or windows. Second of all, you won't be able to open the doors or windows on the plane. And third of all, you could go to jail or face a fine. And the last one, Mm. get some help if you really have suicidal thoughts. Oh, speaking of that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, so today I got this. um, I know. I got this text message today from T-Mobile. 
that said um, that the FCC has implemented a three-digit number for suicide prevention. So 988 is suicide prevention if you need it. Good. Mm-hmm. Now let's go. Go ahead. Mind you, you can't text while you're in flight. <laughs> we just meant in general, Jim. Gosh, Jim. <laughs> I'm trying to stay contextual here. <laughs> that is a good piece of advice. Absolutely. Well, hey, there are some airlines where you can actually. I was uh, talking to somebody that was just on a on a flight that had Wi-Fi. They were able to do like a over the, the over Wi-Fi phone call, but they couldn't do like FaceTime. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I I I called Turkey from Europe when we were there. Over the internet. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. yeah, that's how I call out when I'm or, over there, and I gotta call out for a trip because I want to stay in Morocco an extra week. I have my question that you've always wanted to ask a flight attendant question for the week. Okay. So we're gonna start out with the big one this week. Have you ever experienced someone trying to join the Mile High Club? Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And how do you handle that situation when that ends up being the case? Have you had any? No. Really? No. Okay. Um, so the first time I've had somebody try, I was still in the little planes and I was by myself. This couple was, I guess, on their honeymoon or going back home from their honeymoon, obviously. And that I had a pretty empty plane. There's only 50 seats on that plane, but I had maybe like 20. And so the front of the plane was full. The back was not. This couple was like, hey, can we go sit in the back? And I was like, I'm like, sure. We just double checked to make sure that, you know, we can have people back there right now. And the captain's like, yeah. But like, then I saw them like eyeing the lavatory. And I was like, oh, this is not going to happen. So I just kept the lights on pretty much full bright the entire flight. That way they couldn't really do anything. Then another time this couple went in and I was flying with somebody pretty new. And this is when I started working the bigger planes. And um, she was like, I think two people went into one lavatory together. And I was like, okay, we'll go ahead and open it. And she goes like, what? I'm like, open the door. And she was like, what i'm like knock on the door and i was like you know what trying to explain this to you will be a longer process than if i just (laughs) by that time they'll be done (laughs) i know right so i I, like i knock on the door and i was like i need you to come out and then they were like one moment i was like nope nope i'm like i need you to come out now or i'm gonna open the door and they still didn't so i opened the door the girl was sitting on the on the seat they had the cover of the toilet seat down and she was sitting on the seat and he was like facing her and like his pants were undone. And he was like, uh, it was just helping her because she's not feeling well. I was like, okay, well then you let a flight attendant know because we're trying to handle this. I need you guys to go back to your seat. Put your penis back in. Back to the penis. <laughs> um, then my latest one, these it, are just like a couple. I'm sorry. Did you ask them why he felt the need to help her his pants down? I, you know, at that moment, he knew that he wasn't going to get it, you know, like he wasn't getting out of this. So yeah. Um, the latest one, this couple went in into the lab. And so I knocked and again, I said, you know, come out or whatever. And then when he was like, I'm sorry, only two, only one of you can be in there. And he, when he came, so he came outside and she stayed in the lavatory and he said to us, He's like, well, you don't know if I'm her caretaker and I have to take her to the bathroom because she needs to go to the bathroom. I'm like, are you her taker, her caretaker? It's like, well, I don't have to tell you. I was like, well, then you can't go in there. If you were really like, if somebody is truly taking care of somebody else, you would be like, hey, I need like, I'm her caretaker. Yeah. I just want to make like, let you aware, mm-hmm. you know, like there are certain things that you as a caretaker caretaker would be okay with telling people you don't just say and even if the question pops up hey so sorry i forgot to tell you i'm so right right like you you know there's ways to go about it could because we i have had couples go into the lab together because one needs assistance 
from the other. And obviously I'm not going to go in there and help them. You know, that's not part of my job description. Now I have heard the story of, have you heard the story of the porn star with the flight attendant on the bathroom? I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that person got fired. Um, I have not heard that. No, no. You haven't heard of that? I think it was a Delta flight attendant, right? <clears throat> oh yeah. It was a Delta flight attendant. Should we say that? It, yeah. I mean, it was already on the news. So it was a, a, fl a Delta flight attendant, and he was actually um, deadheading when he realized that there is a male porn star on the on flight. flight. And I'm not 100% sure what the conversation was that they determined they will go to the lab and film a video. But accordingly to the video, they went all the way in. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak, yeah. So a Delta flight attendant said it was a cute idea to blow a porn star and OnlyFans icon um, mid-flight while in full uniform, like all thoughty tapes. The eight-minute blow by blow video ended up on Twitter. <laughs> Why am I reading this? <laughs> <can't> read <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm done. <sighs> So according to the Daily Mail, the flight attendant was not aware that he was being filmed, but that's as believable as saying he didn't become a flight attendant <laughs> to live up that international whole life. Come on, sis. Apparently, Delta frowns upon incidents like this as such. They suspended the flight attendant slash thought hero. <laughs> Is that how you say thought? No. Yeah, Th thought. thought. And that's hero, not shiro. I said hero. You said shiro. I did not say shiro. Well, maybe you've coined a new term. <laughs> <laughs> so the flight attendant slash thought hero. He may end up losing uh, his Delta wings, but at least he will always have a spot in the whole Hall of Fame alongside this gay icon. That's, so he's this was mile high royalty. Mile high royalty. <laughs> there you go. Any other questions, Jim? So, ladies and gentlemen, the takeaway from this conversation is if you want to join the Mile High Club, come up with a good excuse first. Or, I mean, there are those airlines, or not, I should say airlines, but there are some companies that will hire out a plane and take you up so you can have sex. Oh, filling up those pile of flight attendant fantasies, huh? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Or you can always charter a private aircraft. I mean, that's basically what it is. But this one will do it by, you know, cheaply, a little more cost effective. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not going to have sex with you. You and a partner go up. Yeah, yeah, no. I... <laughs> Put the pilot, automatic pilot. <laughs> Stayed in Nevada airspace. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching any shows? No. Or movies? No, because every time that I, that I try, I'm too tired. Listen to podcasts? I haven't. Rudeness? I haven't I have listened to hours. Um, books. Are you reading books? Yes. What, you, what book are you reading? Uh, in book, I'm reading a, <laughs> a book. I am reading a book. Um, I forgot the name of the book, but uh, it's <laughs> Must be actually, no, it is actually pretty interesting. Um, I previously to this one, I'd read a trilogy of, I guess, gay fantasy, like magic fantasy and stuff like that. There was vampires. Now, this one is all steampunk, and um, it's getting pretty good. And it's called The Engineer. Engineer, okay. yeah. So, is this part of a series? It is. So far, I think there's only two books, or at least I have two books. I haven't looked for a third one. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, I will be looking into a third book if there is available. Okay. So, so yeah, so it's called The Engineer Magic and Steam, book number one. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. What about you? Um, so, I'm reading the blackbirds by eric jerome dickey for my book club this month mm. it's actually really good there's a lot of psychology in it um relationship psychology mostly oh. like toxicity and um self 
not harming, but like just self-doubt, feeling alone, that kind of thing. It's actually really good. Yeah. I recommend it. I haven't listened to this podcast, but they reached out. It's called Stay at Home Sun. And it's basically two guys. They're known as the Lost Boys. They try to piece together a plan for staying young while getting old. They're in their 20s and they're two engineer students who are wrapping up school and have no idea what what could come next. Uh, They're terrified by the idea of a desk job, worse becoming a stay-at-home son, or worse becoming a stay-at-home son. The duo is frantically trying to find a way to make money and have fun and be happy as young adults in the modern day. Oh, that sounds interesting. I might actually listen to that podcast. Mm -hmm. So they reached out and um, they said that we were doing a great job. So... I, I uh, subscribe to their podcasts and I've okay. listened to part of it. So I just, we've been flying so much that I haven't I know. To. And it's not that I don't listen to podcasts because last one, the last one, my favorite is, was the tea with RuPaul and Michelle on mm-hmm. Visage. It's just, I've been engulfed with every, uh, all the things. So. Yeah. Jim, are you listening to anything? Watching anything? <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I do have, before you can, before I, before you go, before, yeah, um, I was. <laughs> You know what I mean. Um, I am watching, or I did watch this six-episode series called Into the Night, the one I told you about. Um, And it was about a group of people on a plane heading west, fleeing the sun. Go west. So it's a sci-fi series on Netflix. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jim? I... As you know, I've been laid up a lot over the last week since we were on this episode. I have been on this marathon of the Big Bang Theory. I, I had missed uh, most of the 10th season, a little bit of the 11th season, so I went back and watched that and then went back to the very beginning and, and started marathoning that again. It's a great show. I, I, I love it. Yeah. That's it. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Flight Attendant Podcast, on Twitter at Stay Safe, Fly Safe. If you want to email us, the Flight Attendant Podcast at Gmail. We also have the Flight Podcast.com. Um, you can follow Jim at Jamilton on both. On uh, Instagram, it's The Real Jamilton, or I believe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know your own thing. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter on The Real Jamilton. On Instagram, I'm Jamiltone. Okay, so we'll put Jim's info on the episode notes. That's it. What is the conclusion? That was the conclusion. <laughs> Stay well, safe, fly safe. Exactly. Stay safe, fly safe. We'll and don't open the doors with your penis. <laughs> Always good advice. <laughs> Always. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, look at you. Look at you.